This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. That's me. So, um, the subject I want to talk about is interesting. I've been talking about it, uh, I talked about it in seminary today. We'll see if we're going to get to the Pasha. But before we get to the Pasha, so I was, um, I was in Florida for the last, day, for the last days of Yantiv and for, for Shabbos Cholomayim. And, uh, not the first days. Everyone got nervous. Like, how could you go the first days? You're always against, you know, having a Seder in a hotel. I didn't go the first days. But I went, I went the, the, so the deal was that if I speak, right, so I got a free room, you know, so every time I spoke, I got a meal. If I didn't speak, I got nothing to eat. So that's the it worked. I think I spoke 12, 13 times in five, in six days. Seriously. In six, one day, four times. In six days. Okay, listen, Buckshaw and my family had a great time, you know, and, um, I had a good time. So the last speech was the last day of Yantiv, late in the afternoon, like 6.15. So they wanted me to close, you know, I gave all these speeches, they wanted me to close the program. So the label of the speech that I wanted to close the program is, what did you get from Pesach? In other words, you're all leaving, besides 10, 12, 15 pounds extra from eating, but like, what did you gain? That was the word, that was a very funny word. Like, what did you gain from Pesach? Everyone's like, hey... You know, that's a simple answer. But really, what did you gain from Pesach? You, you spent eight days not eating bread. You spent, you spent so much money and time preparing for Pesach, right? So what, it's over. What do you got from it? Like right now, it's Wednesday, right? It's a week later. What? Who? They had to make a lot of money. They had to prepare a lot of money and credit cards to pay for it. And you know, I wasn't the only one that was, that was only there for the second day. So there was a lot of people. So we all made our, we have, my house was Pesach Dick. I had the same house that you did. Cause if you're there for the Sadarim, you have to clean your house. So, and a lot of people were, a lot of people were not there for the Sadarim. A lot of people did the, you know, the second days. And so, so, so the question was, and they all saw the title, like, so, so like, what, you did all this work. So what do you got? Like right now, we're sitting here tonight. What do you have from it? Like, what's your growth? You know, what's your growth? What were you before Pesach? What are you now? Is there any difference? Besides how much you weigh, is there any difference, right? Seriously. So, people were bothering me that day, like, what are you going to speak about? Is it the Chametz, the spirituality, the Yitzhahara, the Yitzhatov? Are you going to talk about Pesach Sheini? You know, they all try, Pesachim, like, they all try to figure out, and I'm like, no, no. And they're like, what are you going to speak about? I'm like, you have to come to my speech. That's how I advertise, right? If you want to know what I'm going to speak about, you got to come to my speech. Everybody's trying to figure out. I totally spoke about something so random, so there, nobody was prepared for it, which is sometimes things that I do, right? So I got up, and I said the following. And I think it's very important for all of us. I said, eight days. Five out of those eight days, the first two days Yantif, the last two days Yantif, Shabbos Cholomoyed, right? Five out of those eight days, you didn't have a phone. Five out of those eight days, you didn't have internet. Five out of those eight days, you didn't watch TV. You weren't on your phone. You weren't texting. You weren't on internet. You weren't watching movies. You weren't listening to the news. How did you do that? How does that work? If I were to get up right now in this room and say, girls, give me your phones for five days. <coughs> You'd be, sorry, right, Wallstein, ah, I have business. I have to talk to my parents. I have school. I have, but, 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 you come with every, no way. I can't, I can't, are you kidding me? I go crazy. I go crazy without a phone for five days, without internet, without Facebook, without being able to... I go, so how'd you do it? So I got up in front of all these people. I'm like, how'd you do it? Five out of eight days, no phones, no TV. What? 
So that's the answer. Because everybody's doing it. First of all, not everybody's doing it. Because the internet's on, movies are on, TV's on. So you're talking about the phone. Specifically the phone. Right? But there are a lot of other things that you disconnected from. Now, I agree with you. It, it definitely takes off a lot of pressure. But, I'll give you an example. Cigarettes. I have friends that smoke two and a half packs a day. They're chain smokers. They put out the cigarette, they take the next one. They put out the cigarette, they take the next one. Chain smokers, right? They smoke a lot. Come Shabbos, from when their wife lights, well not wife lights candles, 18 minutes, they use the 18 minutes walking to shul, right? But from when Shabbos comes in till Shabbos goes out, they don't smoke a cigarette. Now if you ask any cigarette smoker on Shabbos, is it that you you want to smoke a cigarette and you can't, so you're sort of like shaking, or do you not want to smoke a cigarette, you don't need it? And they'll all tell you, I don't need it on Shabbos, I have no need for it. Now, we know that cigarettes have nicotine. If you're smoking two and a half packs of cigarettes a day, you're full of that nicotine. If you if you stop smoking, then you have withdrawal symptoms. You start to shake. They don't shake. They don't have withdrawal symptoms. Now, you can't explain that to a non-Jew, that once a week for 26 hours, there's no need or no want for someone who's addicted to something. He doesn't need it, he doesn't want it. How is that possible? It's impossible. I want to talk about this tonight. The same thing that on Yontif, I can't, I can't look at the stock market, even though I have a lot of money in it. I can't look, I'm not saying me, I'm just giving an example. I can't look at the stock market, I can't watch movies, I can't talk on my phone, I can't text, I can't, and I'm a text machine, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm always texting. I, I don't even realize when I'm texting anymore. And, and two days in a row? Zero? How does that work? Now, I'd ask this crowd, were, were any of you suffering withdrawal? Like the two days of Yantif, were you like looking for your phone? Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't pick it up. It's Yantif. Well, you didn't even look for it. You didn't, you didn't need it. You didn't want it. You didn't need it. Anybody suffering withdrawal from the internet? So the, the, the theory is, because you know you can't have it, you don't need it. It's called the theory of absolute. I'll give you an example that happened with me on the way back from Florida. So my grandson, I went to buy a bottle of water at one of those stores, and my grandson wanted a Nestle's Crunch. And we're getting onto the plane. I'm like, that Nestle's Crunch is going to be all over the seats, all over his shirt, all over my shirt. There is no way I'm buying him a Nestle's Crunch. So I'm like, JD can't buy that because it's chocolate and it's going to melt. And yeah, we didn't win it. Almost tantrum. Almost tantrum. And I'm like, I don't have the money right now. I can't even it. Right? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have this scene right here in, in this airport. It's really embarrassing. And all of a sudden it came in my head and I, I should it was a lie. I maybe shouldn't have said it. But it's not really a lie because I personally don't eat chalavakam. I stopped when, since I was 50 years old. So when I said to him, oh, you can't have that. It's not kosher. That was it. Not another word from him. He's four years old. What happened? I told him, I don't have the money. Fought me on it. Tantrum. I told him it's going to be all over the place. Fought me on it. The minute I told him it's not kosher, no discussion. It was over. We walked out, went onto the plane like it never happened. What happened in this four-year-old's mind? 
And the, and the answer is that he is programmed that something that's not kosher I can't have. So the minute I said it, it's not kosher, he didn't, listen to what I'm saying here, he didn't want the Nestle's Crunch Bar anymore. Not, I want the Crunch Bar, but it's not kosher. I don't want it anymore, because if it's not kosher, I can't have it. The same reason that you have no yetzer when you're walking through ShopRite and you see lobsters. And the Glam say lobsters are delicious, and shrimp is delicious. And you're like, I'm not interested. You don't walk by and say, maybe they have a kosher lobster, you know, maybe they have a kosher shrimp. You're not interested. Why? Because in your brain, it's absolutely, I can't have, right? Pork rind. So, so the girls today were saying, well, lobsters are ugly. And, and you know, that's why I don't want them. I'm like, okay, pork rinds, right? Pork rinds look like onion rings. But they say on it, pork rinds. So you look at it, you're like, ugh. But if that was an onion ring, you'd buy it. Because it says pork. So in your brain, that's an absolute, I'm not allowed to have pork. So I don't have the Sahara. It's not like, oh, I wish I could have that, but it's not kosher. I don't even wish that I could have it. A what? It says That's only if you want it. But what I'm saying here is that these certain these items you really don't want. In other words, if you're going by Burger King and they're making a burger, right? So a burger is something you can eat that's kosher. But a burger that's trace you can't. So when you're going past Burger King and you smell that delicious charcoal burger and you say, I'm not eating that burger because it's not kosher, that's a mitzvah. But you don't you don't even have a Yetzihara to eat that that lobster. So it's like, what's the mitzvah? I mean it's very nice, but what's the mitzvah? You don't you don't have a yetzihara, I don't want it. I don't want it. So I'm not not eating it because it's not kosher. I don't want it. So the same thing as my grandson is like, I don't want, all of a sudden he didn't want the Nestle's Crunch anymore. What do you mean? From one second to the next, you don't want the Nestle's Crunch? And the answer is, because once it became trafe, it became an absolute that I can't have. If I can't have it, I don't want it. And, and that is what you need to take from Pesach. Chametz became an absolute I'm not allowed to have. So you sort of, again, it's not so absolute because of what happened in our day that you have cake that's kosher for Pesach. So then I do, I'd rather have the real thing. Understand? Because it's not an absolute, like, in the old days in Europe, you only ate potatoes, so you didn't go into a store, look at cake, and say, I wish I had that. Because you only ate potatoes today, because you have kosher pizza for Pesach, and kosher cake for Pesach, and kosher bagels for Pesach, and the hotel I was in, they had French toast in the morning for Pesach, right? It was made out of potato starch, but it looked like French toast to me, right? So, so that, so you know, it's not an absolute. But something that's an absolute in your life, you don't even have the Yetzirah for it. So, again, you can't, I can't tell you to make the phone an absolute, but if you could go within yourself, if you go inside yourself and figure out that for five days, you know, we all think we're, we're addicted. So, the minute somebody would tell you, turn your phone up for a day, you will answer, I can't. Automatically, my answer is, I can't turn my phone up for a day. There's a whole world that did that. You did. So, you, you cannot answer that anymore. You cannot say, well, often I can't turn my phone off. I can't turn my television off. I must watch a movie. I must watch a movie before I go to sleep. And people tell girls tell me, I cannot fall asleep unless the TV's on. I cannot fall asleep unless I'm watching a movie. Well, guess what? It's not true. You fell asleep for five days out of eight without watching a movie. Without the television being on. It's not true. What the Yetzirah sold you, that you cannot fall asleep without a movie, is not true. What the Yetzirah sold you, I cannot be five days without a phone, is not true. So something busted up your head, Pesach. What busted up your head is that you thought you cannot go without a phone. 
Well, we all cannot deny it anymore. We can go without a phone. Now, if you're going to tell me that your sickness is that other people are on the phone, so I need to be peer pressure, and I need to be part of that, so then you need to look at yourself and say, why? Why am I not myself? Who cares if other people are on the phone? If I want to sit at the, at the table when I come home for dinner, and this is what I was telling the girls today, I was telling the boys also. I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't tell you put away your phone for five days. It's silly, right? But go inside yourself and figure out how you did that and, and, and say, when I come to the supper table, it's Yantif. It's Yantif, Shabbos. Can't use my phone. Can't use my phone. It's Shabbos, it's Yantif. So in the beginning, it's not going to be, and you're going to be a bit, bit, bit. After a while, when it becomes an absolute thing, when I go to, and I have Tamidim that they walk into their house, they turn their phone off. You want to reach them, you have to call them on the house phone. That's it. And I ask him, like, doesn't it bother you? Like, someone's trying to reach you? He's like, no, Rebbe. This is, I set this up. I, I, I don't need the phone. If someone wants to reach me, they'll call me on the house phone. So, so what, you, what you need to take from Pesach is the ability to have something in your life that's, that became an absolute so that therefore at that point when it was an absolute, it didn't bother you at all. I will give you the perfect example, besides my grandson, which any kid, you tell any kid who's bothering you in a store, well, that's not kosher, he'll stop. He'll stop. Ah, he's not 13, he's not by mitzvah, he's not 20-year-old. But to him, not kosher, finished. He do- the godless is that if I would ask him afterwards, you want that, it's not kosher. You want it anyway? No. You mean you, you, mean you really want it, but you're not going to take it because it's not kosher? No, I don't want it. Give me something else. Give me something that's kosher. And that's what we need to take from Pesach. They're all thinking we're going to give some shear on chametz and whatever it is. That's what you need to be able to take from Pesach. Look at your Pesach. Look at that you sat around your table with your family and you didn't throw up. Oh, I can't. I can't handle my family. I can't be with my parents. I can't. You came to the table. You were there for a Seder, for this, for that, for that. You spent six hours and you made it. Maybe you got bored at the end, but you made it. It wasn't so bad. Look at all the points that happened on Pesach, that don't happen a whole year round, that you thought were impossible for you to do, and you found out that it is possible. I, I, I told my wife, it's impossible for me to fix my tomorrow. My tomorrow were all over the place. It was like crazy. It's impossible. Guess what? For Pesach, I had to do it. And now all my tomorrow are in order. I found out that you could keep your tomorrow in order. So tonight, before I came here, I did all my learning and my preparing, and I put away every single book. But before Pesach, I would have left it on my desk because the whole place was flying. And the swarm were all over the place. Now, I found out, you could have your books in order, mamish in the right place. So now, I'm looking at my books. I'm like, I'm not going to leave my books all over the place anymore. I know that my books could be in order. I found out that I didn't think I had space in my bookshelf for all my swarm. So I was like, what am I going to do? Leave out 40 swarm? Well, after working for a whole era of Pesach and cleaning out and doing everything, guess what? There's room. So there's a lot of stuff that you found out that you didn't know before Pesach don't let it just slip away and disappear. And one of those things is that you are not addicted to technology. Because if you were, you could not have broken away for five out of eight days. I hope everyone broke away. I have shown some people didn't, even though it was young if they couldn't. So they're mamish addicted. They have no absolutes in their life. They don't know how to say no to something. And, and I, I just told, uh, you know, I don't like, I don't talk about it that much, but, but everyone here knows about it, whoever listens to my shiram. So, so, this is the perfect example. So I was a big gambler. And and I stopped 17 years ago. But before that, I gambled on a crazy level, private, crazy level. And 
Gamblers don't stop gambling unless they lost everything. That's the guy, the guys who joined GA, Gamblers Anonymous, is after you have no money left, then you go to GA. If you're winning, why, why would you go to, why would you stop? So gambling is probably one of the worst addictions in the world. And the reason it is, is because you can win. So when you're doing drugs, people say, well, you're crazy. Doing drugs, you know you're a loser. You're an alcoholic, you know you're a loser. Like, what are you doing? But when my friends used to say, like, you're crazy, you're gambling, right? I would say, hello, I just won all this money. You're just jealous. A gambler can win. And it's an addiction that you can win. An addiction that you can win is an addiction you don't want to walk away from. So even though people are telling you in the end you're going to lose, in the end you're going to lose everything, you don't listen to them. Because a gambler's mind altogether is, is he's a, he's a, he's the opposite, he's a real optimist. No matter what, no matter where he's at, he always thinks, the next time I'm going to win, the next time I'm going to win. Pessimists, pessimists don't gamble. Because they're like, the next time I'm going to lose, why would I go, right? Optimists, optimists gamble. But the nature of the gambler is he's an optimist. He thinks he's going to win. So, I was playing hard. And there was one time that I was way down. I lost everything. I remember it like today. And out of the 22 places that I went, there was one place that I had credit left. There was no way that I had the ability to make, in a normal world, to make back all that money that I owed all these casinos. There was no way. And I also knew that the bank, if I didn't pay, would see that and they would close my business down because I had bank money that I was using. Close my business down, I would lose my business. Yeshiva would find out about where I'm teaching. They'll fire me. My wife will throw me out of the house. I lost all her, I mean, I lost the house. I lost everything. I remember it like today. I was sitting in, in, in Las Vegas in my room, the top room, the most expensive room, and I lost everything. I sat on the floor and I cried to Hashem like a two-year-old. I was mamish crying for two hours. You have to save me. You can't let me go down like this. You have to save me. I swear to you, Hashem, if you give me the ability to pay back all the casinos I owe money and I'm even, I will never touch a card again. I had one casino left to go play that I had credit in. There was no Shiloh. I went to that casino in Atlantic City. There was no Shiloh. I never schlepped the Shechina into the casino. And that night, everything I was supposed to, every hand of cards that I was supposed to lose, I won. They brought people to watch. They said they have never seen a run like this. I did not lose. And while they were playing, shuffling the cards, I would just put some money on the marble, you know, roulette, it would hit. I put money on this, it would hit. It was like, it was like, I knew that God was in the room. I never, I, I slept God into the casino, right? But I made a deal, and my deal was, and I made a crazy amount of money, which led me to pay up some casinos. Played continuously. Within two, three days, I paid everyone off. Nace Nifla. I'm not even going to tell you the amount of money. A sick amount of money. Nace Nifla. I know cards. I was winning on stuff that, no way. No way. And that was it. I made a deal. Three weeks later, I was playing again. Three weeks later. I made a shvua. I cried for two hours. I told Hashem I'll never do it again. God did the miracle. And three weeks later, I had everyone paid. I closed all my lines of credit. And three weeks later, I started opening them up one after another. And you're looking at me and saying, ah, ah. 
I don't understand. Like Rabbi Wallstein, how could you do that? Meanwhile, all of us sit on Yom Kippur and we say, I'll never do it again, I'll never do it again, I'll hate, I'll never do it again. And two weeks after that, we're doing it again. <laughs> no difference, no difference. Manashtana. If you give me life, if you give me health, if you put me in the book of Panos, if you put me in the book of this, put me in that, I promise, I swear, Hashem, I would be so good this year. Give me a shit. You know, give me children and, and I'm going to take off every Sunday and we take them to the zoo and I'm going to teach them, I'm going to learn them. Then you get children, you have no time for them yet, right? We, all, we do this all the time. We make deals with Hashem, we don't keep them. Why? And why did Rabbi Wallstein 17 years ago, from one day to the next, stop dead, never touch a card again, and has absolutely zero years to her to ever go to a casino again? How could that be? I was playing for 15 years. So they went crazy. I stopped. Now, they watch. When a guy plays, they watch on the computers. They know every single hotel, what you owe them. They watch you. They know every penny you make, every penny you lose. All of a sudden, Wallstein's not showing up on the screen. He's not Lake Tahoe. He's not in Vegas. He's not in Atlantic City. He's not in Puerto Rico. And they're like, where is he? Did he die? Right? So, so they call me from Vegas. And they're like, Steve, where are you? Like, you're playing offshore. What's going on? I'm like, no, I stopped. They're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I did. They're like, it's impossible. You were on this run. You were on the high. Nobody walks out on the high. Nobody ever walked out of Vegas on the high. What's going on? I'm like, you'll never understand. They're like, try me. I'm like, God. They're like, okay, now what's really going on? <laughs> Gamblers believe in God. They talk to God all the time. Casino is like Yom Kippur. Everyone's like, Hashem, God, you just help me this one time. I'll be your son. I'll be your best. Right? That's, you know, everybody pray. Where do they pray more than a casino, right? Casino is where they pray. So they didn't believe me. So let me tell you what happened. And it's very connected to this shift. That's why I'm telling it to you. And why I didn't stop after wa- after watching these miracles on the table where Hashem Mamish gave me so much money to pay back. I begged him and he came through. Why didn't I stop? Why didn't I stop? I was even. I didn't have to play anymore. It was amazing. It was a miracle. Like, why didn't I stop? So what happened was like this. And I thank Hashem all the time for this. What happened was that in Muncie where I lived, so I came home very... Friday, I actually came from, from, from Vegas, came Thursday, came up to my parents on Friday, and normally used to go daven in a shul with my father, but I was very late, so there's a shul next door to, next door to our house, Rabbi Adaret's shul, Smarty shul. And I couldn't, I couldn't follow my father to shul, because I wouldn't have made it, so I, I went to, to, to Rabbi Adaret's shul. Now the Svardim, Friday night, are a little different than the Ashkenazim. They wait between Mincha and Mayrav. We go, Mincha, and then we go a couple of Shabbos, and we go right into Mayrav. They do a chodaydi, then they stop, and they learn for like a half an hour, 40 minutes, and then they do mayra. So here I am in shul, and they stopped, and then everybody's learning. So I'm like, all right, I got to wait for mayra. So I pulled out a book, and the book was called The Kabayasha. Never saw it before, didn't know anything about it. Opened the book, just like you would open any book, just opened it up. Never saw it before. And this is what it said. Kabayasha is a, is a Kabbalistic sefer, written about 400 years ago. And this is what the book said. That when God created the world, He gave the Satan everything that He had. That it should be even. In other words, if, if for doing good you get rewarded, and for doing bad you don't, then of course you're going to do good. So Hashem had to make it even. Good and bad even. But the Satan came to Hashem and said, but you didn't give me money. You didn't give me the key to Panasa. You gave me the key to money. So you, when someone does something good, you're going to give him money. If someone does something bad, I don't have any money. 
So Shem gave him the key. He has as much money as God has. So that's why drug dealers have a lot of money. People with Machal Shabbos have a lot of money. Crooks have a lot of money. They're not getting the money from Hashem. They're getting the money from the dark side. So Kaviyasha says, for the dark side, in fact, the people who, who are open on Shabbos, they do better than the people who are closed on Shabbos. Because the Satan wants to keep giving you money. The minute you stop getting money, you start going to God. Oh my God, help me. So he keeps them healthy. He doesn't prosecute them in Shemayim, in Risham. He, that's why, that's why, uh, Russia, the Toivlai. He doesn't prosecute them. Do Averis, do Averis. I'm not going to Hashem to complain about you until you're dead. Then I'm going to complain about you. I'm going to put you in hell, in the worst place. But while you're alive, happy, healthy, money. That way you're not going to go to God. You're happy with yourself. The minute things start to shake up, that's when you go to God. So he takes care of you. That's what you see many times. The people who come to Balshuva, also they don't feel well, they lose their money, because the Sultan's not feeding them anymore. So this is what it says in this book. So a person who gambles, money comes not from Hashem. Hashem doesn't play cards. A person who gambles, the money comes from the Sultan. And anything you do with that money, you, you, you buy Svarim, you buy food for Shabbos, you send someone to Kailo, that all those chusim go to the dark side. And on top of that, when you die... He takes your soul because he supported you your whole life. I'm like, this is not good. And that's what it says about gambling and stealing and working on Shabbos and all that stuff. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh-oh. So if I go gamble and I lose, I'm an idiot. If I go gamble and I win, I belong to the Satan. What am I doing? I can't go gamble anymore. I'm stuck. That Friday night, gambling became an absolute no. It wasn't, maybe, maybe not. It wasn't all the chashbainus that I had when I was gambling, that I was, that I was wearing my yarmulke and I was tipping very big. So I was doing a kiddush Hashem. Yeah? With a mitzvah to go gamble. But I was doing a kiddush Hashem. Right? And all the other things that I wasn't stealing, it was my money. I had all these chashbainus. So then it wasn't an absolute. So even after Hashem made a miracle for me, I went back to do it. Because what happens when you, when something becomes an absolute, you don't have the eight to heart, you don't want it anymore. So when I made all that money and I made a shvua, I still had a Yetzirah to gamble. So now I have a challenge and a fight. Gamble, don't gamble, gamble, don't. I lost. I lost. But the minute I learned the Kabayasha, and the Kabayasha says, if you lose, you're an idiot, you lost the money. If you win, you're a loser. You belong to the Satan. What are you going to do with that money? Belongs to the Satan. So in my head, it became an absolute, I cannot play. The Nestle's chocolate bar is trade. I no longer, and I'm telling you from me, I no longer had an addiction. I no longer had a Yetzirah to go play. I don't have a Yetzirah today. Oh, I wish I could go gamble, but I can't because I learned that Kaviyasha. That's not what's happening. I'm not interested. I have no Yetzirah to go gamble because I got stuck in that Kaviyasha. I have nowhere to go. Lose is no good. Win is no good. So it's an absolute no good. It's pork rinds. It's lobster. Not interested. So I could walk by a casino. My friends could be going to a casino. Not interested. Because what am I doing? It's absolutely no good for me. It's the same thing in dieting. It's the same thing in health. You know, you tell a diabetic that you shouldn't have chocolate. So, so it's a fight. And every time you go past the chocolate, a little bit, nah, nah, give me a little piece. But if the diabetic realizes it's going to kill me, it's absolutely, it's, it's taking a bullet and shooting me in the head, then they don't want the chocolate. That problem is you can't get to that. It's very hard to get to that point. That's what happened, and, and, and that's why I cannot help people who come to me. Because I give these shirts, when I talk about it, a lot of people call me up and say, my husband's a gambler, my son's a gambler, maybe you could talk to him. What am I going to do, show him a kaviyasha? 
So if they're very firm, I'll show them the Kabbalah Yashmar. Otherwise, I, like, who cares? So if they're going to come tell them, you're going to lose, you're going to lose your family, you know, because of all the stories I heard. You're going to lose your family, you're going to lose your wife, you're going to lose your Parnassah, people are going to talk about you in shul, you're like, I'm always going to win, I'm not going to lose anything. Well, I got to a point where I realized from the Kabbalah that I cannot win. It's an absolute loss. Once I realized that, the taiva of gambling is gone. So there are things in your life that are not good for you. If you come to a realization that they're an absolute not good for you, then you're not going to be struggling with them anymore. On Shabbos, the guy who smokes the cigarette knows that it's an absolute piece of chazer for me to smoke on Shabbos. So listen to this. His physical body that's chemically dependent on the cigarette, on the nicotine, turns off on Shabbos that his physical body doesn't need the nicotine. That's how far, when you make that decision in your head that it's absolute, he's not shaking. He should be shaking. His body is not shaking. Why? Because it's like, it's like my kavayosha. Shabbos, I cannot smoke. Therefore, I don't need it. Therefore, my body doesn't need it. I'm not even missing the physical part of the nicotine that I should be missing from the addiction. What about anger, Rabbi? Anger? Mm-hmm. If a person... What's your addiction to anger? I don't, know about, I don't know about an addiction called anger. It's a midah. It's not an addiction. If you realize how bad, if you learned and you researched and you worked on how bad anger is, you would never get angry. That's why we're working on Hakar Sato. You would never, what am I getting angry for? What for? I pity the person who's yelling at me. I'm not angry at them. Look at them. They're totally lost control of themselves. It's a different mindset. So I'm not telling anyone here to make it absolute that for five days out of every week you shouldn't listen to your phone. But you can take a piece of what you learned over Pesach and make it an absolute yes. When I'm at a meal, I'm not going to be on the phone. When I'm in a store, I'm not going to be on the phone. When I'm in shul, I'm not going to look at my phone. Whatever it is, take a little piece of it, a piece of your strength that you saw that you have the ability to, to live in that absolute world for five days. Take a little bit of that piece and use it in your life. And that's what you need to take from Pesach. Pesach is the absolute not allowed to have chametz, not allowed to see chametz, not allowed to taste chametz, not allowed to own chametz, not a crumb, not a nothing, nothing. It's an absolute. And you came through Pesach, you didn't own a piece of bread, you didn't have a piece of bread, you didn't see a piece of bread, you could do it. It's always telling you, you're addicted, you can't do it. You're addicted, you're not addicted. You're not addicted. If you can break it for five days, you're not addicted. In the absolute world, you're not addicted. In the other world, once it's not an absolute, you are addicted, and that's who I was after I won all that money, and Hashem helped me, and I went back three weeks later. I was addicted. Because if you're not in the absolute moment, then you can't fight that addiction. If you don't understand that it's absolutely wrong, that it's chazer, that it's pork wine, that it's lobster, the same thing with movies. I'm at a point in my life, I don't go to movies. I'm not struggling with it. I'm not struggling Saturday night, my friends are going to a movie, and I'm not. I'm not struggling that everybody has televisions and videos and DVDs and I have a flip phone. I'm not struggling that people have internet and Facebook and I have a flip phone and I don't have any of that because I'm Rabbi Wallerstein and this is what I speak about. So in my world, it's an absolute that I'm not going to have Facebook. So I, I have no Yitzhahara for Facebook. Look at it, Rabbi Wallerstein, so many people are on it, you can save so many people. I don't have any Yitzhahara for Facebook. Not because I'm old. There are a lot of people my age that are on Facebook. Not because I'm old do I not have a Yitzhahara to, to, to be on the internet. But I know as who I am, I cannot have internet. That Nestle's crunch is not kosher. 
So what happened? I don't want internet. I'm interested in the iPhone. A million people offered me the iPhone. I'll buy you the iPhone. Rebbe, you need an iPhone. I'll buy it for you. I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I have no yet to hurry for it. What do you mean? You're not, you're not. And the, and the answer is, I know it's not good for me. It's absolutely not good for me. And therefore, that's my mindset. And therefore, I have no yet to hurry for it. Zero. So that's what you need to take from Pesach. You, you need to look at yourself and say, I'm not an addict. I do have self-control. I do have self-power. I could make a decision and stick by it. I just did it. Eight days, no chametz. Five days, no, no, no electronics. Yeah, I could do this. Eight days being with my family. Eight hours at a Seder being with my family. I could sit at the table. Well, I can't sit at the table one or five minutes. I'm ADHD, but you did. So you have to look at Pesach, what you were able to do. You need to capsulize it. You need to own it. And you need to put that in your rest, in, in the rest of your life. And you need to take it this year till next Pesach. And next day Pesach, you'll take another thing and make it an absolute. And another thing. And all of a sudden, you'll be breaking these addictions. You'll be breaking these taivas, these yetzaharas. A little bit at a time. You need to look at your own power and not listen to the yetzahar who tells you, you can't do it, you can't do it. I'm sure if I walked in here six months ago and asked, who, can anyone in this room turn off their phone for five days without explaining to you, yuck them and all that, you would tell me, no, I can't. I'm sorry, Robolskin, I can't. But then I'll explain to you, two days yantiv, two days yantiv, yeah, that I could do. So then you could. I, your other people are on the phone, you're right. You're right. So they own you? They're controlling your life? You're not your own person? So there are other people on the phone? So what? There are other people gambling. There are, there are other Jewish guys that I know very well that are gambling. Not me. I let the Kavayasha. They didn't. Well, they did and they don't want to listen to it. But not me. So everyone else is gambling, it means I have to gamble. Everyone else is drinking, so I have to drink. Everyone else is sick on their phone all the time, so I have to be sick on my phone all the time. Is that, that's what the girl he said here, and that's what they said in my seminary today. They're walking, I'm on the phone because everyone else is on the phone. So I said to her, listen to what you just said. You don't need to be on the phone. You're only on the phone because they're on the phone. That's sick. That's sick. That's weak. That's not individual. Because they're on the phone, you have to be on the phone. You said it yourself. That's very sad. I don't need to make a phone call, but everyone else is making phone calls, so I'll make a phone call. <laughs> I don't need to eat supper. I already ate. But everyone's eating, so I'll eat, I'll eat again. That's what you're saying. That's unhealthy behavior. That's an unhealthy behavior. So you need to look at that. We should all have the kayach to find the absolutes in our lives and make them absolute. We'll see Mashiach. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.